Hi guys, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 pod betting show. It's quite late on Thursday night, one of the latest we've ever recorded a pod. And I've got housemates sleeping up in the flat above There's me. There's no and, uh... way to talk about your girlfriend, Ali. <laughs> and, that uh... is outrageous. You should have so, just moved in as well. So I'm going to try to keep my voice down as best possible. But what we're going to do is go through the weekend slate of EFL action. And it's a full slate. And God, it's good to have a full slate. The last few weeks, we had FA Cup first round taking League One and League Two away from us. Then we had the international break taking the championship away from us. Although it didn't stop us having a decent week last week and a week that we needed. George, your nap didn't win, which normally would spell for a bad week, but a great Walsall winner and your bonus bet. Northampton minus one against Crewe. That was a big, big winner for you. Uh, A really, really tidy week. Uh, And on my side of things, Port Vale finally got the job done for me. Um, Your advice was the correct advice. So thank you for that. They were a winner at home to Carlisle. Cheltenham draw no bet was a, a draw. So I got my stake back there and I'm still to win a CB first goal scorer pick. Um, I'm, I'm taking a variation on the theme this week. So listen to the end if you want to hear that. Uh, what are you going with, George, as your best bet of the weekend? My best bet is in the game that I'm going to on Saturday. Um, and it's... I- After struggling last season to pick Oxford results, I've tried to leave Oxford well alone. um, Here we go. Given given the closeness they are, they have to my heart. (laughs) I would say that's Um, been going quite well for both you and Oxford. I don't care um, because Oxford minus one at eight to five is a massive bet, no matter how you look at it. Um, There'll be people out there who are expecting Sol Campbell to turn the tide at South End. And I wouldn't be massively uh, surprised to see something of an upturn in fortunes coming up. But until there's any evidence of that on the pitch, um, I'm happy to continue to treat the South End team as if they're pretty much a National League quality side. Mm. Uh, they have lost seven of their last eight games in the league. The only result that didn't go, didn't go that way was a one-all draw away at Tranmere. Um, which I watched on the Friday night, and they, I must say, I was impressed by how not completely abject they were, um, which maybe says a lot about my thoughts on them. In those seven defeats, they have lost 3-1 to Gillingham, 4-1 to AFC Wimbledon, 7-1 to Southend, 3-1 to Ipswich, and 4-1 to Portsmouth. So a trend here that, <laughs> you know, not only are they losing games, but they're losing them pretty comfortably. Mm. Um, the 1-0 loss uh, they had at the Stadium of Light was pretty much my biggest bet of the season so far. And it still stings. I can't really work out how Sunderland didn't get another one there. Um, but I'm not too wounded because that was 10 to 11. And this is an Oxford team who have the second longest unbeaten streak in English football at the moment behind Liverpool, who have won of their last six league games that they've won. Not only have they covered the minus one, but they've also covered the minus two handicap. So have won by three goals or more. So you've got one team who is very adept uh, keeping clean sheets and you know when they go ahead in games pushing forward and getting more goals you've got another team who have consistently shown that they are not good enough for this level and you know have conceded sevens fours threes this looks like a complete mismatch to me maybe Campbell will have them sorted after the international break if that's the case then fair play but I do not think by any stretch the eight to five that's available currently at the moment on Oxford minus one is anywhere near the true price. I think this is a, you know, Oxford are um, four to seven to win the game. You could argue very strongly that that in itself is value. 
Um, and if they do get ahead, it's it's very hard to see how it's going to be a cagey victory um, as one team exerts its dominance over the other. Okay, that is, to be fair to you, quite convincing, considering I began that answer rolling my eyes and, and wondering why you were deciding to do what you're doing. But uh, no complaint from me. Uh, not quite as an exciting a nap. I've got a short price home team and then two longer away sides, but I'm going to go with Newport at home to Oldham as my nap, generally about 1.85, as is often the case. Marathon are uh, standout price. So if you have a marathon account, then you can make the most of that. As always, you should be using Odds Checker to get the best price for any of your selections, um, especially if you're bundling a couple together. There's often a big discrepancy between best price and, and normal price, or obviously bottom price, uh, when you're doing an acker, a three or a fourfold. So make sure you're using Odds Checker. And, and if you want to download the app, then we do have a, a nice link for you. If you head to the pinned tweet on our Twitter page, uh, then you can download the app and you can also benefit from our exclusive tips on the Odds Checker site. George, we are in profit three weekends in a row, which is uh, remarkable, really, uh, after a 3-1 to one winner on Sunday, which was Wickham to win to nil. Uh, so we're doing well there uh, and you can check those out uh, if you do download the Odds Checker app. Head to our pinned tweet on Twitter for all the details. Newport, 1.85 at home to Oldham. They've had a bit of a stuttery last few weeks at Newport County in the sense that they've only played one league game in the last four weeks and they lost that one at home to Salford. It was a game in which they, they more or less dominated the play in, in the way that Newport do. That doesn't necessarily mean dominating the ball, but it certainly means dominating the chances and, and generally controlling things. Uh, but they lost 2-1, conceding to two set pieces, which is very un- Newport County. Um, and since then, they've drawn in the cup away at Grimsby, then beat them in a replay uh, in midweek. And they also had a game they lost 7-4 in the leasing.com, which I honestly think like the two teams must have decided beforehand just to have a good time because it was the leasing. And they, you know, Cheltenham and Newport are the are Can two- we not call it the leasing, please? <laughs> That's what I'm I calling feel like, it. I feel like you're, you're... No, call it the EFL trophy. Let's not grant a company who have sponsored a poxy rubbish enemy of football competition by giving them the name and giving them the you know the the plug that they have so obviously wanted and paid for not for me fine well it was an exciting game 7-4 EFL I love you I'm really sorry (laughs) (laughs) I'm backing Newport to get back to winning ways against one of the worst away teams in the division Oldham I think quite quietly or at least in terms of the pod because we haven't really spoken about them in depth in a while they've fallen to 22nd in the league uh, which is concerning away from home has been an issue the third worst record the second worst xg ratio so poor performances very much reflected and backed up by the numbers um the fans are turning against the board which again is probably no surprise uh, we've had our own concerns since he joined really two years ago and the way that he's operated uh, within the club, but also in the transfer market. Um, Dino Mamria, the manager, has not had great results since he took charge. He's also going back to a former club of his. He had six months at Newport as Graham Wesley's assistant. And what I like about this is that it was when they left in March 2017 with the club rock bottom of the EFL that Mike Flynn took over. So he knows Mike Flynn well. He claims that he understands Flynn's style of play. He knows what to expect. But I, I, I still don't think Dino will set up his Oldham team in order to 
beat them or, or even get close to that. Uh, if, if they want to play in a sort of Newport light style, which I think was kind of what Dino's Stevenage team were like last season, then I would still back Newport to, to beat them in, in a sort of style off. But if they want to be a bit more cultured to try and take the game to Newport, then I'll back Newport to beat them as well. So I'm not 100% sure on the style that Mamre is trying to implement at Oldham, uh, albeit he came in you know, with the, with the club in a difficult position with the season already having started, but not as effective or as structured as what he had at Stevenage last season. And I, I feel like I always bang on so much about Newport and their strengths under Flynn. Uh, but just to remind the listeners, uh, it's a style of play that's effective, both in terms of keeping the opposition from creating chances. They've got the second best XG against in the league and in creating decent chances relatively regularly, especially from set-piece situations. They are... Essentially, Newport, a, a, a mid-table attacking team and a really, really, really good defensive team. So uh, the, the other thing to note is that their home form under Flynn is fantastic. This season, five wins, three draws and one defeat. Last season, uh, 14 wins, six draws and three defeats. So just a really good side at home in these games and a team that I'm backing to beat Oldham. So uh, as much as it's not the most exciting price at 1.85, I'm hoping that uh, like last week, my nap will be a winner. What's next? Walsall, staying aboard the Dazzler bus. Daryl Clark um, <laughs> has had a very important few weeks um, at Walsall. Um, he, early on the season, back in September, they won five games in a row in all competitions. I think everyone thought that was going to be the beginning of an upturn in fortunes, but that was followed by five consecutive defeats. It, sorry, six consecutive defeats in the league. And as I pointed out on the podcast last week, the data improved, but the results didn't. But what we've seen now is three wins on the bounce, two in cup competitions, of course. I mentioned in last week that that 6-0 win hopefully would have had a positive effect, at least in the changing room. It seemed to do that when they beat Cambridge 2-1 in the league. And then uh, last night beating Darlington away from home 1-0, um, which again is one of those results where it's hard to put too much um, emphasis on it but at the same time it shows some character it shows some belief in this squad that they are kind of turning into something a bit more capable um, currently 21st in the league only better than uh, three teams one of which is of course Stevenage who've had a very very poor week going out of the cup away at Peterborough no surprise um, to see them um, go out there in the replay but off the pitch um, issues of course after Mark Sampson has been charged by the FA for comments made back in September um, in September, Stevenage were very keen to to point out that after their internal investigations, that Samson had done nothing wrong. They haven't even made a comment uh, since the news came out yesterday that Samson had been charged. At the moment, we don't even know who's going to be in charge of the game on Saturday. We don't know if Samson's continued with his work at the club. Um, there has been something of an improvement um, on the pitch since he's taken over. Um, they've been a little bit less bad, um, but still pretty miserable. Um basically miserly at the back and, and pretty incapable of scoring goals. They've scored just one goal in the last four games in the league um, and have conceded three. But this is a Warsaw team whose issues have come at the back. Um, they have struggled defensively pretty much all season and there are signs that that is getting better. I don't think that Stevenage are going to have enough anyway without the, the drama this week to, to cause them too many issues. I think they've got the, the, the offensive capabilities to cause many teams issues. And if Warsaw put in a similar performance as they have been doing for the last couple of weeks... I think they are pretty, not nailed on, but pretty likely to win. Added to that, if the Samson drama has had any neg negative impact at all, that can only help our cause. Um, 
obviously not Mark Sampson's or Stevenage, but will allow that her story to progress as it's going to. But at 11 to 10, so odds against, I think we can uh, have a value bet on Warsaw to keep the good run going. Nice. Okay, my next pick is in the Championship. I feel like I've been mostly staying away from the champ in general this season. It's a really, really tough league to punt on. Uh, and there's always so many reasons not to back teams. But I'm going to pick Hull away at Middlesbrough. Around 2.8, you'll find. Uh, if you shop around on Checker, you might be able to find a little bit more. It's pretty straightforward stuff. I must say, uh, George, the, the price stood out to me first, I suppose, because Middlesbrough have been the worst team not named Barnsley in, in the last 10 games in the championship. In fact, probably as bad as Barnsley, arguably, certainly in the last six or so. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm loath to, you know, go too hard on Jonathan Woodgate, who's obviously having a difficult time at the moment. But the the, the performances, the results are really, really poor. And Middlesbrough are in a relegation battle. And there's absolutely no argument with that. Uh, we've spoken about how Huddersfield have moved themselves away from it. And you would not expect them to get back involved with that relegation battle. We've spoken about how Michael O'Neill and Stoke surely, surely can only improve uh, and possibly move themselves away from the relegation battle. In which case, if you're Middlesbrough, you know, you need to make sure that your old boy Gerhard Stuber at Barnsley is is, is a busted flush. You want to make sure that Luton, Wigan, Blackburn, I suppose, are, are continuing to flatter to, to deceive. But ultimately, if Borough keep playing the way they are, then they're going to get relegated. Um, Hull, on the other side, on the other hand, uh, you know, I, c- I couldn't be more surprised really at how competent this team is. Um, they've been good away from home this season, uh, and it's been based really on on defensive numbers. They are looking pretty good in Fox Punter's XG ratio uh, away from home this season in the Championship, the fifth best record behind Leeds, Brentford. West Brom and Preston. Uh, And what's notable is that it's their defensive numbers that stack up pretty well compared to other teams away from home. They're keeping things fairly tight in a way that I definitely didn't expect at the start of the campaign. This is a Hull side that have been leaky uh, since their return to the championship the last few years. But credit to Grant McCann because he is, well, he has sorted that out to to a certain extent. Uh, And away from home, they've essentially been sitting tight uh, and letting Grzycki and Bowen do their thing when they get a bit of space. And, and as we know, with those two players who are top, top level players for the level, <laughs> top level players for the level, what am <laughs> I talking about? Um, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's been effective. So look, I think at Borough, the interesting thing is how the fans will react if Borough go 1-0 down here. There's obvious and acceptable concern bordering on anger at how the, the, the team have started the season. They've only won two games in 16, the last of which was on the 14th of September. I also know that they all are rooting for Woodgate to do well and to turn it around. And that's a difficult spot to be in as a fan. Of course, you should you know, be disappointed, be angry when your team goes down 1-0 at home. But there are certain clubs who dislike their managers so much that that's when they start to turn. And I'm not sure where Borough fans are on that spectrum yet. So it will be interesting if, as I think, I'll take the lead here to see how the Borough fans and the players react because all is not well at the moment. I'm picking Hull to win away at Borough, 2.8 the price. Uh, And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Jared Bowen doing his thing for me. What about you next up? Your third selection. You sound like you're 
friend and colleague Colin Murray there with your Bowen, uh, your Bowen chat. <laughs> he does don't love who, Jared Bowen. <laughs> don't know who loves him more. Um, uh, Cobblers, uh, another one of my uh, allies from last week, yes. going in again um, at home to Grimsby. Um, mm. Grimsby, of course, another team who are having issues with their, well, their former manager, Michael Jolly, dismissed after an expletive-laden rant um, to BBC Radio Humberside journalists. You would be included... sacked in a second if I released any of your expletive-laden rants to me, mate. Wow. Well, let's, be let's not get on to your WhatsApp, say. Eh? <laughs> um, and uh, if you look today, I mean, on the on the Grimsby website, um, as an interview with caretaker boss Anthony Limbrick, who talks about the issues they have um, with injuries ahead of the game. Um, any expletives? Did he use any expletives there? Uh, I'm just having a look now. He is, he's an Aussie limbrick, so he'll be well versed in the art of swearing. I've no well, doubt I mean, of that. He says, he says that Ludwig Oman has also ended up being really sick, and I'm guessing that probably means he's been ill rather than he's been like unbelievable in training. <laughs> um, but I can't be sure. Um, James Hansen uh, missing through injury. Uh, Ogby missing through injury as well, on top of the the, the, the issues they've already had. Um, uh, that's after the the Newport game um, in midweek, and you have to think that if those players are missing again, it's going to make this no easy task for a team who are really, really um, struggling at the moment. And the loss of Jolly, especially what I mean, whilst he wasn't doing a fantastic job at the club, the, you know, losing a manager for non-footballing reasons is always a bit of a blow when he's been given a, a year or so uh, to build his team. They are winless um, now since the 28th of September in all competitions. Um, Cobblers, on the other hand, are in fine fettle. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of their manager either in Keith Curl, but he's a manager who we've seen previously when his teams get going. He's got a bit of a streak in him and they are midway through one at the moment. The home form particularly impressive. The last three home games, 2-0 wins against Salford and Cambridge before that 4-1 demolition of Crew. Bit of a false result, that one. It's fair to say Crew had enough in the game um, to get a bit, a bit closer to Cobblers, although Game State may have played a big part in it with them being... Um, quite heavily down early on in the game, um, but I mean it, it's just another one of those simple ones where if if, if uh, Northampton put in a performance that is at the same level as their recent levels of performance, then Grimsby are going to have to massively up theirs in order to live with them. Um, and with the issues off the pitch and you know the injury issues as well, uh, this looks like a a decent crack at just I mean we'll call it even money marathon. As ever, just a little tick higher, but I'm not going to say you should back it at 101 to 100. So we'll stick to even money, which is a bet 365. I spent a fascinating day in the company of Paul Tisdale on last week's Quest programme. Um, absolutely just such an interesting guy and such an unusual character for well, compared to other football managers that, that we've met, that I've met. Uh, and he was somewhat surprisingly to me, a massive fan of Keith Curl. Um, given the difference in style of play between historically Tisdale's teams and Keith Curl's teams, um, he thinks he's absolutely excellent at the level and he loves how... He, he loves his clarity. He's like, that's what you need as a manager at this level. You have to be clear and the players have to have clarity when they step onto the pitch. And more so than other managers at the level, he says Keith Curl's teams... No matter what the style, they have uh, complete clarity. So I thought that was quite interesting. interesting. They had yes. that unbelievable playoff semi-final a couple of years ago. Um, Exeter and Carlisle. I can't remember what the final aggregate score was, but it was something like five all. 
Uh, it's the sort of thing that we should do a retrospective pod on, actually, because it was absolutely mm. sensational. Anyway. Where's the time, though? Where is the time? What, in our life? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. And where are the sponsors? <laughs> where, are all, where are all the sponsors? Mm. <laughs> um, my final pick is also in League Two. Keith Kerr's former team, Carlisle, are hosting Cambridge. And I don't think it'll take a genius to work out that I'm back in Cambridge at 2.8. Same price that Hullar to win away at Middlesbrough. Uh, Cambridge away to Carlisle. Cambridge are a team that we've definitely both been keeping our eye on for a while now. Uh, you went through a spell of backing them every week. Not sure you necessarily got the returns that you're after because they are the data darlings of League Two. Uh, but they're but not- at least, at least I, I got, got them right last weekend and battened to lose and they lost. So, yes. you know, I've done okay with them. There you go. Uh, they are the data darlings of League Two, top of the Fox Bunter XG ratio table for the, for the whole season. Um, not getting the results, it's fair to say, that those numbers suggest they should or could. Um, their good numbers are based on an excellent away, uh, well, an away base, I suppose. They're the only team in League Two to uh, keep the opposition under one expected goal per game. So really good stuff away from home uh, in terms of the balance of play. But there's been an element of poor finishing. There's been lapses in concentration. And there's been, as you would expect, a fair bit of bad luck there as well. So uh, I'm thinking that Carlisle is the sort of place where your luck might change because as regular listeners know, I'm not really having Carlisle this season. Uh, they scored a, a, a lovely early goal against Vale last week in the first minute, but they couldn't hold on. Uh, they ended up losing that game. Uh, they were defending, I was going to say resolutely, but if you watch the goals back, I mean, they're both back post headers after after really poor bits of defending. So not that resolutely. Uh, their fans, as you can imagine, fairly unhappy about how things are going. Presley leaving was a popular decision amongst the fan base, but I don't think any of them think that it was entirely down to Presley that this team is not particularly good. Um, it's, it's only so long at this level, I would suggest, that you can um, compete on a shoestring and rely on the odd loan gem um, and essentially not hire any generationally good managers. I'm thinking of the likes of Jim Bentley and, and Coleman and other people who overperform their budgets. So anyway, I'm not convinced Brunton Park in this sense holds much of a home advantage with a, a very disgruntled fan base. They've won three home games this season, Carlisle, all against teams 15th and below. Uh, the six teams uh, above that that they've played, they have drawn two and lost four. So Although the table doesn't necessarily have Cambridge as one of the top teams in the league, I'm still willing to believe that they could be at least a, a playoff challenger. Uh, uh, for that to happen, they're going to need to start winning games and hopefully it starts at Carlisle this weekend. So uh, there are our main picks. What about a bonus, George? Because actually, I thought it was quite um, i thought it was quite arrogant of you to win a bonus pick last week. I thought these were the ones that we're not meant to win. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Uh, Doncaster and both teams to score at, at Adams Park on Saturday. Oh, nice! Um, this is a yeah, long it's a kind shot. Of a, well, it's a bit of a funny one. I, I just think that Wickham. I mean, Gareth Ainsworth deserves immense credit for what they've done this season, and you know they are at the top of the league by some merit. But they've lost one game out of seventeen so far, and they're not that good. Um, and that run is going to end quite soon. And, and the market's slightly overvalued, uh, got them a little bit wrong because of their lofty um, position in the league. And I'm pretty sure that if you basically get against them 
um, for the next few weeks, you're probably going to make money for that reason. Because, I you know, I, I dread to say, and this could be clipped up and sent back to me on Christmas Day if they're, if they're still there, but, but Wickham are going to lose games soon. Um, they are mid-table uh, for XG ratios so far this season. Um, generally posting positive numbers and, you know, I guess some of those intangibles that we that we talk about, you know, their, profici- their proficiency at set pieces, um, the, the the style of play that other teams find very, very difficult to stop, um, uh, you know, plays some part in it. But I'm, but I'm pretty sure that this isn't going to continue for too much longer. Um, their home record is, is, of course, very, very good and Doncaster go there without the best away record and they haven't lost a game at home all season obviously given their given their record um but i just think that a a poor result is coming up soon we've seen a couple of of dodgy-ish performances um the 4-3 win over south end obviously the one that we all remember at the back of the end of august where they were losing with just a couple of minutes to go against you know a team who i've already absolutely slated on here about 25 minutes ago and also just a couple of 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 performances the one against Accrington the one against Peterborough which has shown in two games they drew but there's you know there's a, a bad result around the corner mm. uh, last time on the road Doncaster put seven past South End that will do no uh, end of good to a team who'd been struggling on the road and they you know they've got enough quality in this team to really trouble most sides so it's a speculative one um, but I just think that we might be entering a time now where it's it's basically time to short Wickham because you know they may be up towards the top end of the table by all means at the end of the season and I'm a big fan of what Ainsworth's doing, but you know, in the same way that we said three or four weeks ago, or even six weeks ago, that Ipswich, you know, it wasn't going to go on forever, and they went and lost back-to-back games. I think something quite similar is going to happen quite soon with Wickham. Okay, well, teased it at the top of the show, uh, but it's time for my bonus pick. Is it a centre-back first goal scorer pick? I mean, maybe, sort of. Uh, it's Kelland Watts of Stevenage to score first against Walsall, who you picked at the very top of the show. Uh, he's 40-1 to 1 best price with Bet365. As the listeners know, I like my long shots to have uh, each way involved. So for me, it's 0.5 points each way with Bet365. Betfair do that as well. But 40-1 to 1 with 365. Um, the reason I say it's a variation on a theme, two reasons. Firstly, uh, it's not so much that I've gone through team set piece data here um, but for the simple reason I'm picking Kellen Watts that he's got the highest XG in all three leagues without having scored a goal and if that's not a good reason to pick someone as a bonus pick on the Not The Top 20 betting show I honestly I'm, I'm out of ideas on what is. Uh, 3.09 expected goals this season, nothing to show from it. Uh, he's been playing he started the season playing centre back for Stevenage but he's been playing in central midfield. He's a young player on loan from Newcastle United. Uh, and as much as Stevenage are a team who are struggling, he looks like he's got the sort of pedigree that you might expect for someone on loan from Newcastle United. Uh, he's been playing in midfield recently, so he's clearly got a fair bit to his game. Um, watched some clips earlier. He's definitely got license to shoot from range. Um, that's ideally not where I'd have him taking uh, taking a shot from but you know if he has to why not um, but he's also very tall he's very tall he's a threat from set pieces he had a, he's, he's hit the bar once or twice he's had a couple of good chances and at some point those chances are going to go in so um, I, I'm always happy when it's a fixture against a team like Walsall where I would expect goal expectancy to be low it'd be a, a fairly low scoring affair the sort of affair where Stevenage will be extra uh, focused on nicking a goal uh, from a set piece. Kelland Watts, 
The highest XG in all three leagues without scoring. That's going to change soon enough. Maybe this weekend, because I will be a very, very happy man if it does. Up the Kellen Watts, up the Stevenage. Um, slightly at odds with your nap there, George, but I think we'll be all right. Uh, I'm sure you'll be happy for me if this lands. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Anything else to add there, uh, George, uh, on the end of the line? No, just to echo what you said um, about the odds checker app. Um, please do download it. As you said, three winning weekends in a row. Hopefully going to make it four. There'll be stuff up there all weekend starting tomorrow. And all the tips are exclusive, a little bit different to the ones we do on here as well. So do it's free to download. Go to our Twitter, look at the pinned tweet, click on the link, and you can read our extra tips just up on there. Thanks, George. Thanks, listeners. This has been the Thursday night treat, but it's definitely our bedtime now. Um, appreciate all your support as ever. Uh, if you'd like to give us a hand this week and if you've enjoyed this podcast, then a retweet is always much appreciated because it helps us to reach new people and new opportunities. So give us a hand there. Uh, but otherwise, we'll talk again early next week. We've got our uh, we've got our AGM next week. We're on tour in uh, in Spain. Uh, you can follow us at NTT20Pod on Instagram. There's going to be plenty of good content there, uh, lots of golf content and uh, sangria and chorizo and all, those, sangria. and all those other tasty things. So we hope you'll join us on that trip. Uh, but otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you again early next week, reviewing this full slate of EFL fixtures. <laughs>